Hi! You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm garage. You look great. You sound great. You smell great. Really? It's going to be a great night. That is very erotic. What's new, Bob? It's been a couple weeks. It has been. It's uh 2019. I know we said that in the Hootie and the Blowfish episode, but we were lying. It was still 2018 when Total we did lie. that one. No honesty. Now it's really 2019. and uh, Feels terrible, hey, right? Dan, I, it's pretty <laughs> terrible. March of time. This is like we're, we're about to get the first person to realize like, hey, kids born in 2001 are old enough to smoke cigarettes now. Like that whole wave of people. People are still doing that stuff. People are still doing that. I have a question, Bob. About yeah. a month ago when we were doing the show, Everything was coming up, Bob. How are we going on that front? Things are fine. <laughs> I just survived the pregnancy scare. Oh, my God. With my wife. Oh, and, with your uh, wife. Okay, yeah. that's better. That's better than I thought. Oh, please. That would be amazing. <laughs> I had like some like super hot dime piece on the side, and I was like... That's not what I was assuming. It was like an incredible... We had an incredible night. Um, however, it was just so erotic that I, I didn't take care of business the way I needed to at the end. And I'm just sweating it out. And she's so beautiful, but I can't be a father uh, for another woman's child. It's nothing fun like that. Oh, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> Although, yes, that would be a different type of drama. Uh, no, yeah, it was it was it was a bit of a close call, uh, but everything worked out. So, and it worked out to the point. And I mentioned this right before we started, Bob. I had in my mind already talked myself into being okay with a third child. When in reality, my actual feeling would have been. What your uh, take was, if you had a third child, which would have been? I'd kill myself. Suicide. Yeah. Well, not not like blatant suicide. It would be... Yeah. Backdoor suicide. Well, that sounds a little homoerotic. It would be suicide where it kind of looks like an accident so my family can collect the life insurance. Like, I'd have to really think it right. out. Kind of like, let's go for a hike and all of a sudden... Right. Where's Bob? Oh, he quote unquote stumbled off the cliff. I would also consider faking my own death, but I would be really bad no, at just having to that. survive on my own, like without credit cards and stuff. You would be brought down by a tweet or you'd think of some joke that you wanted to share. <laughs> Wait, so I would log in. <laughs> yes, and be like, oh, this, uh, he didn't even realize that he like geodated it and he's in uh, Mexico City yeah. right now. No, it would not be good. So He's living a horrible life in Mexico City. <laughs> so no pregnancy scares here, hopefully. Uh, yes, it's great to be back in the garage, a throwback podcast sponsored by you, the listeners, the Patronis, uh, and, oh, we should mention, Bob. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash throwback pod. If you want to, uh, give a little or a lot, uh, to help keep the show flying, but we should mention Bob, and I hope that you have it at the tip of your tongue. Cause I can't think of it right now. We landed in the top 10 of a prestigious music podcast. Like, it was one of those listicles, or is these are the music podcasts you must listen to before you die. I'm paraphrasing. Before you have a pregnancy scare and kill yourself. Right. And I think we were snug in the top 10. I'm going to say around number seven, which is a nice spot. That's a nice spot. I think we were, well, you know what? I'm going to pull it up. I think we were number nine. So, you know, a little, little bit of a problem Still with that. Still the top 10, though. You Still know. the top 10. Uh, the ones above us can go fuck themselves. 
They're not as good as us. Obviously. Yeah, we will not be um, mentioning who else was on the list. Do you listen to any other music podcast? Are you vamping right now? No, I'm asking. Oh, uh, do I listen to any other music podcast? I listen to sometimes uh, the New York Times podcast. I'm going to bleep that out in post so that way nobody else <laughs> turns us off. Uh, I've listened to that too. But not always. And one of the, um, uh, what you know, which kind of led to the, it was like a brainchild for this podcast was the Adam Scott and Scott Aukerman U2 podcast. Yes. That became an REM podcast. That's right. Uh, and I listened to that as well. Okay. So yes, the answer is yes. What about you? Uh, I'll listen to the, uh, there's like a Rolling Stone music podcast, like now, or I, forget, I can't remember what it's called. I've listened to that a few times. I like Rolling Stone self-consciously getting into the podcast. I know. Like like, like, we're cool. We got to do we're it, hip. right? We, we got to do it. Um, my favorite thing, though, so we are number nine. I pulled it up. Okay. Uh, the best part of the review is when they get into who we are as oh, people. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. I, cause I, All right, I so here we thoughts. go. Here's a little excerpt. Apart from the theme of the podcast, the personalities of the hosts give spunk to the show. Spunk is bolded for some reason. Right, and by the way, our overseas listeners were quick to point out spunk is a euphemism for ejaculate. It's that here too, right? But it's yes, like really but it's not as big right. here, yeah. Uh, Dan seems to display a lousy temper <laughs> while Bob is the tame one. By the way, no one wins there. No, I know. It's I like, come off. I, like, I wish that I was like more interesting there and you're the asshole, but it's just yeah, kind of like I, you're the asshole yeah. and I'm a fucking bland piece of toast. I'm certainly, I come out of that, like exactly as you say, a little bit more interesting. However, <laughs> I kind of come off as an asshole and you just come off as like just this piece of, toast just like just milk toast drying just uh, you know there's not there's nothing coming from bob's side and from my side it's just this total piece of shit just an archie bunker (laughs) stereotype but guess what dad their complimenting personalities make a great fit and create balance for the show so there you go all right i would hope so and this is uh you fucking asshole the person who wrote this no don't do that that's that lousy temper uh (laughs) they also they conclude by saying this is my go-to podcast when I'm feeling sentimental. No, that's great. And who who presented this list? Uh, this was on the best music podcast from Podranker. Yeah, good job by Podranker, and we certainly love the uh, love the shout out and the attention, and that's cool. That's really you know what, Bob. Uh, in all seriousness, it's great to know that the show is getting out there enough where someone that loves listening to music podcasts like this person. Uh, would put us on this list. That was very cool. It was. So thank you to that person. You know, I think there were some other probably end of year lists that were made that we weren't included on. Well, those uh, lists can go fuck themselves. Obviously. Fuck those people. Maybe I have a lousy temper based on the go fuck yourself stuff. When that becomes your catchphrase. Should we phase that out? Maybe. 2019, maybe you're a little... Move on from it. A little tamer. Well, no, I can't say that because I'm already tame. I can't no, say. No, don't, don't do it, Bob. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do to I ramp it little, up. I need a little. Edge. You need a little stick. <laughs> stick it up, Bob, in 2019, uh, and I'm just gonna bring it down. I'm gonna notch. out fucking asshole you in 2019. Uh, today's podcast is a good one, Bob, because we have not um, touched on. We were both born in 1980. In fact, Bob, you just turned 39 I on did. Monday. How about that? I we, did. By the way, we cannot be doing this podcast when we're in our 40s. It just feels like a. 
We're in a rented garage already. See, I feel and like I'm going to burn this thing to the I ground. I know you are, but I feel like when we could, I turn forty, I, I promise you. Counterpoint: I feel like we could only do this podcast in our forties. <laughs> are we doing it too soon? Should <laughs> yeah. we have not been doing it in we our thirties? Let's take these like, all down, guys. Do you realize when you're in your thirties, you're not really old yet? You're you're jumping the gun on being old fogies talking about music from twenty years ago. Well, maybe you're right. What am I going to say? I will say 39, old as shit. It feels like a waste of a year. I just I just want to be 40 already. Just make me 40. Because 39, you're just waiting for it. I'm already just kind of like... Hmm, that's interesting. This kind of sucks. Well, I get... Does it feel similar to 29? It does, but at 29... Yeah, because at the end of your 20s... There's an urgency to 29. There is. Especially with like career so, and things of that your nature. Your 20s are such a fun decade that you know you're kind of entering that next step in your 30s. But by now, by the end of your 30s, it's already over. So you're kind of like, all right, it's the next phase of everything being over. Well, that's dark. (laughs) I would keep it. I'm going to reach out to your wife, even though she hates our show, and let her know that Bob is already plotting his own suicide. Maybe I can go from the tame one to the suicidal one. (laughs) Let me see. There's a little pop to that. little pop. You got to imagine. But Bob's 39, and um, you were uh, born... um, in the month of January, which a lot of people don't like January. You well, that feels personal. Uh, but we're going to talk about January today. Sure. In fact, as Bob is being a January 80 baby, January 2000 was right in our wheelhouse in terms of pop culture. We were, you know, hot college guys. Hot college dudes. I just turned 20. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Do you remember what you did on your 20th birthday? No, I don't. There's that charisma that that no, I wrote was, about. Well, I was trying to think. There's that asshole just pointing it out. <laughs> you fucking asshole, Bob. Remember something funny. <laughs> no, well, I, re- I obviously remember 21. That's where my mind went. But 20, you're still at that age where you're trying to get into bars with a fake ID. Right. Oh, what a nightmare. Nightmare. So I'm sure we had a party at our place in Towson. I was living off campus. I'm sure we had a party. That sounds right. So in the year 2000, and you always say the year 2000. It's just one of those. Weird you have things. to. It's Conan. But uh, in the year 2000, I don't know if we've done any podcasts. And what have we done now? Close to 60 episodes, Bob? Something I like think that. at least that. Yeah. Uh, 60 to 70 episodes. I don't think we've done any album that came out that year. I could be horrifically wrong on that, but I don't think I am wrong. Maybe so one. On something maybe here. one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, we're Either due. way, we, we have not really hit. The turn of the millennium at all. The millennium. And we talk about that a lot That's because true. music sucked during college. This is smack in the middle. Could not be more in the middle of our college experience. So it's been difficult to find a whole album. So we're going to do a countdown and talk about the top 10 alternative hits from the year 2000. Like always, we're going to start with two songs outside the top 10. And this is Dan's. never doing another third eye blind album. don't say that because there's a lot of third eye blind fans out there waiting for us to do blue 
right? Was that the or, name of this one? This is blue. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, well, what about In the Vein? No, you know that was an album. I didn't know that was an album. Uh, we did the their self-titled debut album uh, a couple months ago. Check it out if you haven't. That was fun. Uh, but they never really had another album that, that made a dent in um, the charts or in the public consciousness. But Never Let You Go was the first single off the follow-up album uh, to Third Eye Blind, the album. And still like this song. It's tame. It's tame. It's a little Bob Castro. Well, don't say that. But yeah. It's tame. According to the podcaster. You know what it kind of rem- I'm getting a weird 1251 vibe. Uh, yeah, with that guitar. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's like, and also just this being the lead single off their second album, the same way the Strokes had 1251, the lead single off their second album. Oh, you're connecting the dots. I'm connecting like some dots. I don't know what, where these dots are going to lead. You tell me. But I don't know, Bob. It's interesting. I don't think you know either. Nope. But, but yeah, this song was pretty popular. I remember, I, I remember vividly, it wasn't released as a single until January of 2000. However... Uh, they played the halftime show at uh, the Lions Thanksgiving game in 99. And this was the single. And I remember being like, I'm the only one that's plugged into this <laughs> because everybody had already forgotten about right, him right. by this time. Because things moved very quickly uh, in pop culture, as we talked about on the show, from once you got to 97, 98 and the boy bands and the new Mel took over. Everything else got just swallowed yeah. up. Yeah, you were just and trying to get everything under under before it all went down. But yeah, um, it's a I good w- song. I like the song. It is. A li- it's not their best work, but I think it's like a fun pop song. And I should fade it out, but my favorite part of the song is coming up. Do you you're know just going to make is? us sit through this whole part? <laughs> yeah. Do you ready? Do you know what the best part is? No. Isn't it all the same? Well, you know how we love how Stephen Jenkins, because we even watched his movie with uh, Joyce Heiser, just one of the guys. The Art of Revenge. The Art of Revenge. Uh, look it up. Um, his his the inflection of his voice is yeah. very it's like a weird it's a feminine lispy, lispy snotty yeah uh, well you actually oh, I hear know, it here. I know exactly what it is <laughs> I think it's coming up it's the end yeah it's the end of the whole damn song yeah. It's like you know why Charlize dumped him just by hearing that. I just I'm mad Charlize was ever with him for after yeah. hearing that. Like Charlize, why are you so hard on me? Charlize, open the door. I'm outside. <laughs> he talks like a Kardashian. Hey Charlize, give me another chance. Charlize, let's go out for dinner. I remember the moon rings, the stupid <laughs> things. What the fuck are you talking <laughs> what about? What are you talking about? Anyway, I love I love uh, Stephen Jenkins. <laughs> All right, Bob, your choice. Well, I can't believe I, I mean, have to even make a choice. I mean, it was pull obvious. back the curtain. Like, I had it locked and loaded, and I said, you know, I assume Bob will pick it too. We're covered either way. The way you're being Before we get into the chorus, and this is live, the dolphins cry. They know. Off the distance to here. And we will be hitting live uh, again on the show. It's a promise. It's a threat. Um, probably do the first album over again, Throwing Copper. A couple times. Or their second album. Yeah. But, um, oh, wait, we got to listen to this chorus. Please. Chorus slaps. <laughs> Never leave us. All right. Never leave 
So here's my take on the song, because I heard it recently, um, not on the radio, because society has shunned it, but it came up on like a shuffle on my um, my Apple Music recently or something, and, and I, for the first time it crossed my mind just how overtly ridiculous the song is. Yeah. And the first of all, the name of the song is The Dolphins Cry. I mean, how do you, how does one, how does one come down in their mind, and how does no one else in the band throw the red flag no, you just the challenge to, flag in Ed we trust you just let him do whatever he wants because this is a great alternative everything about the song and a lot and this shows maybe questionable taste but I will pound the table <laughs> and say that the song structure well it's not a day in the life by the Beatles but the song structure the chorus um, this part by the way which is really good and yeah, don't fuck yourself yes I think everything about the song is great, except for the lyrics, and just one piece of shit in that band had to throw a challenge flag. But really, flag. who cares about lyrics? This is a great song. This is a great song. The Dolphins Cry? It's ridiculous, but so what? Anything but that. <laughs> it's like, the woman's cry. Uh, the pastor's cry. No, why does it have to be crying? <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> the hero shines. There we go. Anything. That would have been Not good. Not the Dolphins Cry. <laughs> dolphins don't cry. Well, you don't know that, Dan, do you? Ed's like, they're the most intelligent creatures on Earth <laughs> other than humans. Like, Shut the fuck up, Ed! Hey, Ed, you should do a song about the dolphins crying. Shut up, Stephen Jenkins! <laughs> uh, we saw we, we saw live on touring behind this album on that iconic Counting Crows live double bill. Where were you when you saw live in the Counting Crows? Because I saw them twice. Once with you. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. They actually toured together again years later. Recently. We, well, we didn't see that. Tour. No, we're not that sad. Yes, we are. Mm. Uh, but now I saw them at Merriweather Post Pavilion in Baltimore, and I think we saw them at uh, Jones Beach, right? Or PNC Bank. Uh, it was Jones Beach. And yeah. I um, honestly, though, it does. We were 19, 20 when this song came out. At, when I was that age, and you think you're smart and you think you're like sharp at that time in your life, but then. With the benefit of age, right. you realize that you were just a fucking idiot. Right. It never crossed my mind that that song was stupid. <laughs> it always felt like an essential single in the live catalog, and quite frankly, it is. It is. But but you but there was no idea to me that like, oh maybe uh, Ed should have taken another pass lyrically on this one. It was just like, oh that song's fine. It's great, great single. Look, we could obviously talk about this for hours, and we will when we do. The distance yeah. to here, and when we do throwing copper a second time, Ooh. then secret samadhi, then maybe throwing copper a third oh, time. Oh, don't forget about mental jewelry. Though. And then mental jewelry, and then throwing copper. We're just daring people to stop listening to the podcast. Yeah. It's like Bob on his hiking trip. It's like he, you're just trying to do something that hurts you. <laughs> I love this song, Bob. I love this song. 
Uh, this is the beginning of the top 10 alternative tracks of the first week of January in the year 2000. And I always thought, Bob, this is a Little Black Backpack by Stroke Nine of their album Nasty Little Thoughts. I think what's cost this song um, is the timing of when it was released. Because it was released a year earlier, it would have been a staple of 90s yeah. playlists. If it was released a year later, it would have been played with like Butterfly by yeah. uh, our friends at uh, Crazy Town. Crazy Town. But it ended up right on the 2000 fence. And I think it kind of gets overlooked for that reason because this is a banger. I wonder if there's something else to it because you're right. This feels like it should fit in with that who sucked out the feeling kind of level of fame. Which is only really famous to us. I feel like but this it was song, like an alternative hit. Like a big alternative right. hit. Like if you're... You know what? You're right because if guys like us who were super into kind of the deep alternative culture of the mid to late 90s guys and girls that were into that music would put super drag on it and be like right. oh yeah a lot of people don't know this one but this is one of the best summer songs back in 96 this song should be there too but it just, it just fell through overlooked. the cracks yeah i wonder if a part of that too is this for me was a big napster song i remember the first time i heard this was in the fall and i really wanted it but i didn't know who sang it and i remember trying to find it on napster for a while Right. So I wonder if it's also a victim of the industry changing at the time and mm. the labels were kind of pulling support from lesser artists and putting it into the bigger ones. Who knows? Don't want to talk about it. A year and a half later, when The Strokes started making some noise, there was a part of me that wondered, are they Stroke 9? You thought there was a connection. I thought there might have been a connection. I was dumb. Like you said, we're all dumb <laughs> when you're 21, 20 years old. Uh, I'm going to do a straight up Wikipedia search here. Stroke 9, alternative rock band formed in San Francisco Bay Area in 89. You know what that means. Hey, Stroke 9, it's me, Steven. Great work on this single. Don't you love being from the Bay Area? Maybe we can go on tour together. <laughs> God, you're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. Uh, yeah, so the album, their album certified gold. I hope they made some money off it. I don't know, gold? The band appeared in the film Ed TV as part of the promotion of Nasty Little Thoughts. That always right. seems like a totally... It's like one of those things, and I see it all the time at the NFL... Um, where to like corporate synergy, it's like, all right, now you're going to be a sponsor uh, for this product and it's going to be some real good crossover because we share the same market. So ultimately, why would Stroke 9 being in the Ed TV movie like move a lot of units? It just gets their name out there. It's like, you know, you know, Everclear didn't need to be in Loser starring Jason Biggs, but it probably didn't hurt. Yeah, maybe you're right. The old 97s didn't need to be in The Breakup, starring uh, Jennifer Aniston and Vince they, Vaughn. They could use they, all the they, promotion they Yeah, could. they probably didn't need it. I do like that you're keeping old 97s in the culture, even if it's on this Little Herd podcast. It's doing all I can.
All right, so this one's a little tricky to break down. This is uh, the Everlasting Gaze from the Smashing Pumpkins. And we did the uh, their previous album. No, this wouldn't have been their... I was going to say their previous album was the Melancholin album. But no. There was the album after that. Was that Ava Adore? That had, yes, Ava yeah. Adore. It had Perfect and Stand Inside Your Love. This, I guess, was the album after that that I literally have no memory of. By this point, everybody was all out. And he seemed to be completely off his fucking rocker at this point. Yeah. Billy Corgan. Let's listen to the chorus, if there is one. You know what? I like the chorus. I was I was kind of annoyed when this started playing, but now I kind of like it. I agree with you. It has a Zwan-like sound. I mean, maybe that's the why. Album. Maybe that's why this album wasn't bigger because we were all just like, <laughs> "When's Zwan coming?" Zwan, uh, which was Billy Corgan's, uh, he broke up the Smashing Pumpkins and formed his own supergroup, which uh, Bob and I quite enjoyed. When we do this, when it. we do the Zwan album, when yes, for you listeners it. at home. That means we're at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yes, it might even be the last show. Is when we hit. Uh, That's how you'll know without us saying it that we're done. But um, it does have that. But there was something lost in those three or four years. It's, it's like a tunefulness that's missing from their yeah. work as they got as they went on. It was the guitars got a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, and they always and had that just, aggressive easy to that to. aggressive bone in them, but it became their entire sound. Peaked at number four, Bob. Here it is in the first week of January. It was number nine. Noin. It's like being 39, Bob. So you're just looking to get to 40. Yeah, just get me to 40. Huh. What if I told you I can get you to another corn song? Then I'm in. Are you ready for this? Is, is this anybody? This is their Issues album. Oh, I'm... I know it well. Not follow the leader, which we right. have covered on this show. Some improbably. Impossibly, some would <laughs> say. Impossibly. They didn't even end up on our Spotify playlist. I think we have some time before this guy starts singing. But when he does, he's going to bark it out. Chicago, Chicago, Bob! He's like a chicken with balls. Big hairy balls. You know, this song debuted on an episode of South Park. Really? Oh, when they, uh, that was a funny episode. Yeah, it was like the their Halloween was episode. Corn's Groovy Pirate yeah, Ghost yeah. Mystery. It was like a Scooby-Doo thing. It's anti-domestic abuse themed video topped TRL for 10 days. Bob, have a joke about that. Go ahead, I Bob. Bet. Make a joke about it. I, Don't do it. No, it's probably bad. Idea. Don't do it. Really bad. Uh, that's what the theme of the song is, I guess. And... Uh, 
It was at this time, because Corn was massive after Follow the Leader, that I personally made a conscious effort to just avoid everything the new metal genre. So unless it was a massive hit, which this song right. wasn't massive, I missed it. So I don't I don't know this particular song. It rings a bell, but yeah, I mean, it was unavoidable for years, unfortunately. But you remember that part, right? This oh, yeah. I just want him to go somewhere and cry. I feel like after he had like a good cry, he wouldn't have that voice anymore. Where he's Johnny like, Davis? Yeah, where he's like... Oh. Is that his inner child? Probably. We read that um, piece somewhere where he just... He, he acknowledged that he was profoundly fucked up at this time in his life. Yeah. That he was just too famous and he wasn't built for that. Um, you know who was famous and was totally cool with it? In the year 2000? In the year 2000. To- Freddie Prince Jr.? Besides Freddie. Someone that was built for it. In fact, you get the idea that he only started a band to be a sex guy. Me? Um, you weren't in a band. You weren't oh. a sex guy. No, it, I would never set you up in that way. Well, too tame to be a sex guy. Speaking of songs in the uh, modern rock genre of the time that were unavoidable, this might be at the top of the yep. list. That's Eddie Vedder's fault, by the way. Such an asshole. I'm kind of enjoying this. <laughs> it's, ha- a, it's amazing what whatever yeah. you put on after corn, I'm gonna like more. Oh, that's true. So I'm I'm enjoying this right now. Here comes the chug 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 chug. That's what I think uh, this band creates. Chug 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 and you, you have the wide shot of the, where the train's going, and then it gets to this bridge, but the middle of the tracks are gone. That's what I picture right here. Chuk, 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 oh. chuk, 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 right now, I'm just flying through clouds made of shit. Mm, big, fluffy shit clouds. Ew. Bob, that's nasty. Um, yeah, Creed, higher off human clay. <laughs> Dumb. That's what it's called, human clay. Uh, and this was, pro- I mean, it's not their most famous song. Their most famous song is the one about, I have a son now. Is that arms the, wide open. Arms right open, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite Creed song would probably be, My Sacrifice. Yeah, that's probably my But this one is the one like that put it on everyone's radar. Yeah, and he's aping Eddie Vedder's voice. Oh, he does it so poorly. So poorly. This album, oh my God, this album, this is right when Napster was hitting, but hadn't really affected album sales um, too terribly yet. This sold 11 and a half million copies oh, in the U.S., shit. this album, Human Clay, and, and over 20 million worldwide. Wow. So they had a huge market outside the U.S., 
And I, I do remember my um, two roommates in college. This is how big they were. They were just everywhere. My When I was a junior at Northeastern, I got randomly paired up with the great Josh. Um, and I was going to say his last name, but that's not necessary. Josh. And he was a massive Creed fan. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, boy, got to deal with this for, you know, nine months. And then the next year I got paired up with our friend Mark. Who also. Oh, he pounded the table for this album and the first one. There was another Creed album that if they didn't show up out of nowhere. They had one. We weren't paying attention. But in like 97 or so, Creed first showed up and they had that song. Like, one. Oh, oh yeah. One. I mean, how derivative. Even one. Like Metallica did that. U2 did that. And now Creed's dropping one. Do you ever think that there was somebody in the admissions office at Northeastern that was really just fucking with you? <laughs> I mean, that would explain a lot. Higher by Creed, Bob, comes in at number seven on the countdown. Oh, this next song I fucking love. Good. We need a good one. <sighs> Hit us. I love this song. Name the singer, Bob. Zach De La Rocha. Correct. Name the guitarist. Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, damn. Doing Tom Morello dirty, Tom Morello. bro. <laughs> so, I mean, were they... They're a band that I appreciated so much more the minute they were done making music. Okay, I see like, what you're saying. When they were around, they were fine and... Like, I wouldn't, like, rush to turn them off, but I was never, like, seeking them out. And I was always kind of dreading their next album because I just didn't want them to dominate the way they always dominated. Pump it up and I'm going to do that song. As you were saying that? Yeah, and then once they were done, because, like, every time they put out a new song, it was on the radio constantly. They were. They had a huge reach. Uh, they kind of crossed uh, barriers at a time where not a lot of rock bands crossed over mm-hmm. with different genres of rock bands. And they seemed to like the fact that I was way into them. But they would also connect with Limp Bizkit fans or yeah. whoever else. They just had that ability. But I see exactly what you're saying. You kind of almost took them for granted. Yeah, I think so. Um, and now that they're gone, it just could use them. Could use them. They, got, they have a vibe to them that's really different. They were totally unique. You know what? They're the rock and roll John Stewart. I wish they were still around. Ooh, I like that. Band. Commenting on the politics of today. <laughs> and you know who likes to comment on politics? Zach De La Zach Rocha. Zach De La Rocha. And the rest of this band. Let me uh, play this part because I really like it. I was going to say, Tom Morello is one of my favorite guitarists He's of like so the past good. 20 years. He's so good. He actually, I don't know if you know this, Bob, but about five years ago, he did an entire tour with Springsteen. 
And then, because he, Springsteen actually, um, what was it? Rage covered a Springsteen album, The Ghost of Tom Joad. That's right. And he brought so much to the songs because his guitar playing is so distinctive. Yeah. And I just think, thinking to myself, like, this guy, he's a badass. And then after this band broke up, though, he joined Audio Slave, which just kind of a middle of, ro- middle of the road kind of AOR type band. Yeah. Um, you know, all due respect to Chris Cornell, but this this was the best fit for him. Is this your so is this your favorite Rage Against the Machine song? God, I really like I sneaky love Rage Against the Machine. I I, uh, I would say it's in the conversation, but I love Bulls on Parade, yeah. and I love I don't know what the song is called, but I love. Uh, got to do what they told you. Do, 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 do. I like is that killing goes, in the name. Uh, yeah, fuck you! You can't yeah. do what they told me. That oh, how I could just kill a man. Love that song. Like if I had to, speaking of which, if I had to kill somebody, yeah, it's like you absolutely have to beat somebody to death. Let's say to save the world. Okay. It's like oh my god! Once you were able to wrap your head around it. If I, my wife is pregnant, could it be me? <laughs> yes. Let's say I have to. <laughs> I have to beat you to death. And I don't want to do it because there's a lot of baggage to the idea of beating Bob to death with my bare hands. But I have to do it. You have to do it for the world. Because Bob wants me to do it. And for the world. Needs me to no, do no, it. No, I can't want you to do it because then insurance might get. You need well, you to do just it whisper for the world. in my ear. Yeah, yeah. You're like, do it, please. Don't, don't tell anybody. Don't fucking kill me. <laughs> but then the world, the, the fate of the world's hanging in the balance. So I, that I, at that point, I have to do it. Right. And it helps that you're telling me that you don't want to live privately. Privately. Um, I would probably get really drunk, I would assume, and I would, um, I'd watch a lot of like violent television probably to get me in the right headspace. You're really amping up. Films. You're really amping up for this. What are you gonna have for dinner? Uh, I'm gonna have a chicken parm. I just like it. <laughs> Wait, that's gonna be a little, <laughs> little heavy as you're trying to murder me with your bare hands. I just like it though. It's good. It's a great <laughs> meal. And uh, and then I'll turn up rage. That's and then good. I'll beat you to death with my bare hands. That's good. Killing somebody with your bare hands music. Maybe mix in some system of a down. I could never take that band seriously. <laughs> While you're killing me, you just start laughing. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. This is what I would kill you to. <laughs> For some reason, I like that. <laughs> it's nice. makes me feel good you know what this makes me feel like like i'm young and i'm i'm trying to figure things out and i'm in college and the towers are standing towers are up and life is good i'm like trying to figure out how to have like the perfect semester as far as my schedule goes like no 8 a.m classes do i want to take that one three hour tuesday night class like if i do that then i have to wake up at 10 a.m on friday like I'm figuring that all out as Filter is playing in the background. And there's one more thing you're trying to figure out. How do I get into pussy? <laughs> and you heard the music. I 
This is a great song too. This is a great song. It and the band they had like '90s one hit wonder written all over them with "Hey Man, Nice Shot." I this, it was a shock that they came back with a big because that was like five years earlier. Yeah, yeah. And then this song shows up, and not only Bob, I, this actually surprised me. I knew obviously it was a big hit. Everybody knows the song, but it was actually number twelve on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 charts. Wow! Call alternative noise and everything. It was one of the biggest songs in the country, and uh, it's one of those songs, Bob, that we, <laughs> my God, one of those songs that shows up over and over again in movies. Yeah. And Bob, you made a movie. We did not secure the rights to Filters Take My Picture. I know, but you made a movie and you learned about how to get rights, and we got uh, yeah, we Montel made, Jordan we made, in it. We made Montel Jordan a little bit richer. How much did Montel Jordan make for having his song used in Flock of Dudes? Now available on Amazon. No, well, everybody. I guess so. Maybe. It's on Hulu. But definitely well, in Australia. I always forget to say it streams on Hulu because everybody, a lot of people have Hulu. You can yeah, just stream, stream it for it. free on Hulu. Yeah. But if you want a physical copy, you, you got to go to New Zealand. Go to New Zealand. Yeah. The end of the world. Maybe Australia, definitely New Zealand. A good part of it. Oh, but my point being. Um, because let me say, Bob, the list, like you made a movie and you wanted to use This Is How I Did It, This Is How We Do It. And I think we paid like 10 grand for that. And you paid for it, but it, it made a lot of sense in the context of what you were trying to get across in the movie and real life and the characters. And it made sense. If you were a movie maker, Bob, and this song had already been showed up in nine different movies, <laughs> you would probably stay away from that song, right? Yeah, but if you're lazy, it's perfect. All right. This song has been featured in numerous motion pictures, including The Girl Next Door, which is kind of a good early 2000s movie. Like that movie. Saving Grace, Little Nicky, Valentine, Back in the Day, and Pay It Forward. Wow. How about that? A lot of lazy filmmakers. I guess, you know why, though? I get... Because it's I agree. It's it's simple and it's like easy. It kind of like sinks in. Like, it's, but it's also the same thing that we did to start talking about the song. It kind of it's kind of light. Yeah, and it, it makes you feel good. And, and those are a lot of romantic comedies. It's also and, one of those songs that sinks perfectly into background music with like, the guitar coming that in. Beat, that beat yeah. is just like a comfortable beat to have on in the background. Interesting. Here's another song, Bob. Where are we? Are we are at number four? On January, yes, Bob. I'm pointing because I just want to say, yes, we've been so scared of the year 2000 uh-huh. due to the limp biscuit and corns of it all. This has been pretty enjoyable. There's some good. There's songs some good here. songs on this list. Now it should be noted that it's a January 2000 playlist, but most of these albums were released in '99, so we're still. This is kind of the '90s still, yeah. in a way. Things got really dark over, I feel like, the, re- the albums that were l- released around the 12 months of 2000. Right. So I feel like this is like the last gasp of songs, batch of songs that it's like, oh, this is actually okay. Yeah. If we go to January 2001. It gets ugly. It gets dark, which maybe we'll visit just out of morbid curiosity. But here's another song from that era, Bob, that while it's not my favorite song, it's kind of undeniable in its own way. Tell 
Little Nicky. What a pile of shit that was. <laughs> Total pile of shit. That was like, the water boy was bad. I know, like, in retrospect, we don't. Oh, I hate hated that, but I know, yeah, people loved it. Now, yeah, now it's like, oh, the water boy was one of his last good movies. No, the water boy sucked. Little Nicky was just the death knell of, like, it's over. It's beyond over. And it's like, Adam Sandler, it's the same thing with Qualcheck and Live. At that point, nobody in Happy Madison Productions said, hey, Sandman. And they actually call him, hey, Sandman, maybe don't talk with that ridiculous voice for two straight hours of a movie. It's a little much. Uh, but then he goes on to make one of the best stand-up specials of last year. Oh, my God. 100% fresh. If you haven't seen it, America listening, fucking amazing. He did it. He did it. He came all the way back around. So it's always been in him, and that makes Little Nicky even worse. Um, and this is, of course, the Foo Fighters uh, learning to fly or learn to fly, which is arguably their most well-known song. You think so? No. I mean, what's more well-known? My than- Hero. Okay, I would, I would be uh, ever long confident that this song probably did better than both of those songs. You think so? Could be wrong, but I mean, this is pretty inescapable in its era. And the second best song ever with the words "Learn to Fly" on the title. (laughs) And I think there was some type of nod to Tom Petty in there, but um, it. I never loved it, and I remember thinking it was, and it still to me sounds a bit kind of generic and super safe like radio rock but then I think about what else was popular you know in the next year after this yeah, like and we, then you we, pine for we, it we should have appreciated it more when it was happening absolutely it was it was the band's first number one Bob on the Billboard Modern Rock chart and that this came out after those songs you mentioned yeah and it is their highest charting on the Billboard Hot 100 reaching number 13 so it is by chart performance, their biggest song. All right, fuck you. So how's it feel to take a big fucking L on a podcast that thousands of people listen to? <laughs> <laughs> That's that lousy attitude. <laughs> I'm Keep right! I'm right! <laughs> what a lousy temper. What a lousy temper. Uh, yeah, it's fine. And the video, you remember the video, one of those things in pop culture that wouldn't exist now because people wouldn't be okay with it. But Grohl plays a super effeminate parody of a gay man Yeah. in the video as a flight attendant. That's and right. uh, I don't think that what treatment would fly. Today. Probably not. Probably not. He's probably not playing that role again. Hey, Bob, you work in Hollywood. How okay. about you hosting the Oscars? <laughs> so topical. <laughs> topical. Look at that. Well, I was telling you before we, we started rolling, last week I was working with, uh, I directed something that Kevin Hart was in. Don't care. And wow, that's like my career, dude. Oh, right. Um, and it was when all of the Ellen DeGeneres stuff was breaking with him doing her show. And uh, I went from like starting that day off being like, oh, this is cool. Cause like maybe he's going to host the Oscars again and I can get in there, like get in as like, one like of, a writer. Well, Kevin Hart's writers. Yeah. And then I realized that wasn't happening because he was dealing with bullshit the entire oh, day. So, but back to what I was saying. How about Bob Castrone? How about you host the Oscars? You know what? I'll consider it. If they come with the right kind of offer, I'm not just going to take anything. I'll consider it. <laughs> Here's the number three song in the first week of January in the year 2000. Hello, friend. My name is Nikki. Well, the jig is up then. Get in the flash. Come on. Slide right Ain't on me, in. me, moron. 
What's his dog talking to? You make the Lord very nervous. Now. Is this just like a compilation of Little Nicky Best Bits? It's titled. Wow, it's struggling. Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. That's a great bit. That's a great bit. You know what else? It's a good way to move some units. You can get get that Popeye's endorsement. You got to get it. I mean, I could play little, little Nicky clips all day, but no, you got to keep moving. Popeye's chicken is fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, I feel like even I'll go this far, and I know a lot of people don't agree with this. I think Peak Sandler ended at the wedding singer, and everybody can get excited about um, the football movie. No, did. I did not like Waterboy. Waterboy was a pile we of pig shit. Saw too. It in, we saw it in the theater as like his prime demo, and I remember everybody leaving disappointed. And yet it made a trillion dollars. Right. That was the first movie that wasn't good that made a lot of money for him. Yeah. And he was like, I can do this now. And he did it. Man. Would you do that? Would you trade In a everything? heartbeat. In a heartbeat. But you don't get to have like a comeback special that gets respect. I'm fine with that. It's just gone. Gone. you ask Kevin Hart if he wanted to come on our podcast to talk about alternative rock of the 1990s? He's going to come host the podcast. <laughs> he agreed. He agreed to come host. Uh, this is Bush. The Chemicals Between Us. And uh, we did 16 Stone, right, on the show? Oh, yeah, we did. And I believe uh, we talked about Swallowed. Oh, yeah, we did. Which was the first single of the follow-up album. This was the first single of the follow-up to Razorblade Suitcase. Ah. Uh, titled what bob you got this i know it's in there somewhere oh god it's still there it's taking up space in your ram oh i shouldn't know this <laughs> the I, science I of things yes the science of things fuck uh, it's fine i like it it's fine my brother-in-law's a huge bush fan that's crazy but is it any crazier than being a huge live fan are you a huge live fan no. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to walk out. Yeah. Really? You would walk out if I told you that I was a huge no, live I know, fan? No, I know you are a huge live fan, so it's fine. Um, yeah, we talked about Rosdale, Gavin Rosdale, who probably, like, you used to say it to me all the time, be like, oh, bro, if I could just smell his fingers, it'd be, Wait, that would be heaven I for me. Definitely. He's like, Bob. No, I wanted to smell his dick. <laughs> Maybe he had a micro penis to make up for everything else. That would be nice, but probably not. What would you do if you had a micro penis? If. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Serious. <laughs> would you go hiking and fall off the cliff? <laughs> I would get really good at other things, I guess. Yeah. Well, That's actually, we, we might have listeners that have micro penises. So I'm sure. If we you do. do Hang in there. It gets better. <laughs> that was so disingenuous. <laughs> it doesn't. In fact, the worst thing possible happens is an ex-girlfriend will tell all her guy friends about your micro-penis yeah. We've been down that road. Wait, we have? Yeah, our friend. Oh, right. You're going to have to bleep her name out. Do I have to? Uh, it's up to you. <laughs> what if he listens to this podcast? Good point. Um, uh, there you go. The chemicals between us by Bush. Um, a lot of micro penis talk in there. Uh, Bob's uh, perversions about fingers and dicks. No. Uh, and now, 
number two, Bob. Here they Darkness are. Darkness is creeping in Here now. they are. Here come the storm clouds. now it's not that bad they have a few songs that i don't hate this is not offensive it's not it's kind of got that crazy town vibe yeah it's got like the uh he's scratching the records and uh noodles is scratching on those records noodles or monkey no wait that's corn noodles (laughs) he's doing his thing uh yeah rearranged uh limp biscuit like, <laughs> their second studio album, Significant Other. Like, nobody was getting uh, punched in the face of Woodstock 99 to this song. All right. It's funny you bring up Woodstock 99, Bob, because this song and the video was made as an answer to the controversy surrounding Woodstock 99, in which Limp Bizkit, in their minds, were blamed for the riots uh, and the uh, assaults, right. both physical and sexual. Uh, and they believed that they were basically put on trial <laughs> for that uh, fiasco right. up, up in upstate New York. Well, they were telling people to break stuff. I feel like they were, the, yeah, weren't they encouraging people? Yeah, to like, it was bad. It's like, kill everybody. <laughs> Just fucking make a mess. Right. Let's do it. Just fucking. Right. Don't say that. Throw uh, people down in the mud and step on their faces. Gotta kill everybody. <laughs> gotta, it's like, I feel like you shouldn't say that. West Borland. Remember him? Yeah. Uh, this is not their worst song. It, it is what it is. Look, if we're going to only play one Limp Bizkit song in the history of this podcast, I'm okay with it being that one. You know what I did like? If I had to pick one Limp Bizkit song, I won't play it here, but... Please don't. The one with Method Man. Me too. And Together Now, I believe it was Yeah, called. that's an okay one. That's fine. You remember the uh, the guy on the boardwalk in Ocean City? No. 99? What did he do? We happened upon um, two teenagers. It was a, a group of like high school boys and a group of high school girls. But the boy and the girl from the front of the groups were yeah. yelling at each other. I do remember this. Now. And she was pissed at him about something about the relationship. And then they break up yelling at each other. The two groups go in opposite directions. And then the guy yells back at her. I, I did, did it all for the nookie. nookie. And then they laugh and then like baboons. And we watched that like, oh, my God. <laughs> so that was number two. Yes. All right. We have one song to go. But before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Oh, let's definitely do that. This episode is brought to you by Pettit and Mattis. Those bros. They love fantasy football. The season is over. And Dan, guess who won the league? Either Pettis or Mattis. That is correct. Mattis won his team King Cobra's. Came in first. Do you want to know who came in last? Mattis. You would think, but no. 
a dude named Wolfie. Typical Wolfie. That guy Typical is a Wolfie. real pile of pig shit. You know how you know he was going to lose it all? Guess what his nickname is? Pile of pig shit? Beef. Oh, yeah. Any guy named Beef, it's not going to end well. If, you, if your nickname is Beef, you never finish first. We had a beef in high school. Things did not work out for that. The man guy. didn't have half a brain. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's the guy you want in your league because you know he's going to finish last. Hey, Beef, I'm, this is all in fun. You're a really nice guy, I'm sure. Uh, but the Beef we knew was half an idiot. <laughs> so big thanks to Pettit and Mattis and congratulations to Mattis for winning. Uh, and also congratulations to Pettit for having not one but two sponsorships to the throwback podcast. I mean, that is don't, almost alarming. Don't tell awesome. Don't tell his wife. All right, Bob, here it is. It's time for the number one song. January 2000, 19 years ago this week, Bob. It is All the Small Things, a number one hit on the Modern Rock charts, peak number two on the UK singles chart. It was number six on the Billboard Hot 100. This is a huge hit. In fact, the biggest hit Blink-182 ever released. But, Bob, you do not like it, do you? You know what? This is another example of a band I wish I would have appreciated them more at the time instead of me being a snobby 20-year-old who thought this wasn't anywhere near as good as Green Day or the other stuff I liked when I was the demo. Counterpoint, you were right. I know I was this right. This was not as good as Green Day. It was kind of retrograde Green Day. The fact that they got, still is. The fact that they got so big annoyed me. But again, we didn't know that that storm was a coming and alternative radio was going to get so much worse. So I wish I would have just taken a little, taken a little vestige into... Blink-182 and appreciated it a little bit. I like a lot a lot of... I don't want to say a lot. A handful of Blink-182 songs. I like both before this uh-huh. and after this. In fact, I thought they got better. They did get better as, as they, they went they got on. older and then yeah. they eventually broke up. But this song and this whole era of the band, and they were very big on like sophomore humor. The name of this album was Enema of the State. Yeah. And they had the porn star. star. What was her name? Janine? Yes. Janine? Janine London Mueller. Nice job. She did nice work. She's good. She's good at what she did. It was like her holding a glove for a proctology. It was just like, all that stuff was like, to me, I guess I was into more serious minded fare, like the Dolphins cry, (laughs) like big topics. Like what's going on with the Dolphins? What's going on with the the mammals of the sea? (laughs) Uh, So this kind of stuff just rung hollow to me. Yeah. Uh, So this is not my favorite Blink song, but I get what you're saying. I yeah, get, I'm with you. I understand that, especially with what was coming down the pike in terms of pop culture and music of the times. Should have appreciated it a, a little, little bit, bit more. A little bit more. Not a lot. Uh, we got to pick a song for our Spotify throwback podcast playlist. I had one in mind, Bob, and I, I have a feeling we could be on the same page. So I'm going to let you 
throw it out there and see if we are indeed. You know what? I'm just going to work out my, my thought process and then I'll let you just hit me with what you're thinking. Okay. Little black backpack. While we both love it. Doesn't feel essential enough to be on this playlist. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Me neither. Gorilla Radio. <laughs> like I, that was going to be my choice. Was and it really? I was hoping you were going to come up with a a real reason why it shouldn't be there, and then you just said it wasn't essential enough. And I don't even know what the fuck that means. Well, I said it, so now there's no going back. <laughs> kind of wish I didn't say it. I don't know what that means. Well, though. it's it's I'm right. You can't argue. I'm not right. You uh, then you open up a whole can of worms that every song on our playlist is essential. <laughs> Clearly, this is coming after "Hold My Hand" by Hootie and the Blowfish. So yeah. you need to be essential. All right. So if uh, stroke nine is an essential, what is? Now you got me. Uh, now I'm on the defense. I don't know what you're going to go with. I mean, I thought it was going to be between that, Gorilla Radio, and Take a Picture, if I had to guess where we were going to go with this. But if we do this, we're just like all those fucking knobheads. And we're better than that. That did the movie. So you know what? Maybe we should be a little subversive and go with the less essential one. Falling away from me, corn. Stroke nine, little black. Well, you're coming all the way back around? Came all the way back it's around. It's essential now? No, it's not. And that's what makes it cool. Well, you, you got there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd love to see like the, the, the flow chart of that. It happened. <laughs> but it happened. All right. Congratulations, Stroke Nine. You're on the grid again. You're on the grid. You're on you the did Spotify it. Spotify playlist, which you can apologies, find. apologies to Stephen Jenkins. I know you're really upset, Stephen. You can find our Spotify playlist by uh, checking out our Twitter handle at Throwback Pod. Also, we are on Instagram at Throwback Pod. Um, if something just horrible happened to you, like just like unspeakable horror. Email Bob specifically at thethrowbackpod at gmail.com. You know, you have the login info, too. You can go in there whenever you want. I am not peeking into that haunted house. Uh, That's all for you. And again, patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Uh, If you want to support the show, you give as little as two bucks a month uh, and up from there. uh, And and we'd really appreciate it. And everyone that does uh, support the show... We you're the best. You. Yeah, you're the best. That is just awesome. We're two dads here. It's a couple dads. So we're just going to say, like, as dads, we're proud of you. <laughs> we're, we're proud of you for supporting the show. You sound like a man on the doorstep of 40 going for a long hike. But, Dad, it's dark out. Don't hassle me, boy. <laughs> Dad? All right. Until next week. Go fuck yourself. Oh, so we're doing it still. Go yeah, fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. All right, go fuck yourself. I say there's got to be 